Ladies and gentlemen, this is your captain speaking. Please make sure your seatbelt is securely fastened, your tray table is in an upright and locked position, and that you are ready to get weird and think different. Please prepare for takeoff. Today is Wednesday. It is the 27th day of November. And folks, we are just one more day away from pouring gravy straight down our gullet. That's right. Tomorrow is Thanksgiving, and I cannot wait. I hope you're actually listening to this episode right now. I was probably sitting in some horrific traffic on the way to your in-laws, and I am bumping at full volume through the surround sound speakers of your 2016 Toyota Highlander with two brutally obnoxious crying babies in the back seat. I don't know why. It's always been a dream of mine to be playing over the car speakers. You know what they say, reach for the stars. And if you miss, well, if you miss, at least you land amongst the dirty diapers in the trunk. Anyways, before... We jump into today's episode. I do have something that I need to confess to you, all my loyal listeners. During last week's episode, I did something that I should not have done. Prior to recording the intro of the show, I, Ryan Dunn, the host of the hit podcast Destination Different, I participated in consuming. Numerous alcoholic beverages before recording the intro and outro to the show. I know what you're probably thinking right now. Yes, I have brought shame on my family. My mother taught me better than that. You should never, ever, ever drink in pod. And I know that now. But there's nothing I can do at this point. All I can do is get back in the saddle, get back on the mic... And this week, I can come and grovel and beg for your forgiveness. I can hopefully show up this week with a clear mind and a full heart and record this episode to the very best of my abilities. I owe it to you, my listeners, for sticking with me for this really long, long time. You guys have been with me since the very beginning, six whole weeks ago. It feels like forever. So I'm sorry. I can promise you it will almost certainly happen again, but I am sorry. Thankfully, this week's guest helps bring out the best in me. He is actually the guy who came up with the logo and the color scheme for YoPro way back when, when I got this whole thing started. His name is Michael Penda, or Peanut Free Panda, as he is known on Instagram. And he is a crazy, crazy, crazy talented designer. But I don't even think that's the best part about it his story it's really that he actually has spent uh, you know the last five plus years working with spreadsheets and numbers and budgets uh, in the advertising world as a media planner something that could not be more completely opposite from being a designer and making logos but over the last few years uh, he has built up a portfolio helping out friends like me uh, on the side And this past summer, he decided that 
you know, he was making a little bit of money as a as a designer and felt like it was time that he could really go in and and make the jump. And so with this episode, we talk all about that transition and how he kind of decided that now is the right time to quit his job and go full time into his his passion in designing. Um, we also talk about, you know, how he now that he's working full time as a freelancer, how he schedules his days and how he goes after clients um, and, you know, we also, I think, touched on a little bit of the inspiration behind his designs and, and where his style comes from. And, you know, just a really, really interesting story of a guy who was working in one profession that was way over here and, you know, decided that he wanted to take a, a hard right turn and, and build up the the experience and the uh, portfolio and the ability. Um, he's completely self-taught to take himself into this world of design and, and he's doing incredibly well so far. Uh, I think you guys will all love Michael. So I will now shut up and introduce you to Michael Penda. Enjoy. been uh i'd been drawing you know since i was little i'd always had that kind of more artistic side but it wasn't something i really explored or pursued in any you know uh direct avenue it was kind of always something i just enjoyed as a hobby um and you know i was i had been looking at kind of what i wanted to do uh before college and seeing where i wanted to end up and like what majors would be uh you know available to me and i did consider graphic design for one of them but i had no practical experience in it i really didn't know what it was exactly uh and you know i ended up going to problems because i liked the school and not because of the major um and then that kind of you know i was a marketing major there and that a lot of that marketing majors kind of funnel into the the entry level advertising jobs like i did i was really drawn to the advertising side of things because i liked uh you know the notion of creating advertisements and and creating something that would you know, make someone want to buy something or want to take a certain action. And so I was always drawn to that more creative side, but I didn't really find that in the media planning side of things. Like there's certainly a lot of creativity that has to go into it of, you know, it kind of, a lot of disciplines are within the media planning, like client management and mm -hmm. strategic thinking and, and execution and whatnot, but it really lacked the true creative the actual creation I, part of yeah, yeah yeah and and you know you can you can kind of convince yourself that you're doing something creative in any any capacity um, with any role but that really wasn't there for me so I'd started taking up uh, just some doodles and some random logo and stuff and I'd started a little bit in college but nothing really serious uh, until uh, Elizabeth Dunbar actually told me to start posting stuff on Instagram and I was like okay I'll just post some of my random doodles and stuff. Uh, and then that kind of evolved as I got more talented and then some people, you know, started hitting me up for logos and I kind of started navigating that ground uh, and getting more into brand identity and, and building out bigger systems than just a one-off logo or a doodle. Um, and then kind of did that on the side for, for uh, quite a few years and it got bigger and bigger until I kind of felt that I could make the switch and tr give it a shot full time at least. Yeah. And I mean, I've always, I've been, I think your story is awesome because like a lot of people that want to, 
you know, start something new or, or start a business or whatever it might be, kind of just go like, you know what, I'm quitting my job and I'm starting this thing like with no like proof of concept, but you literally mm-hmm. like you built your portfolio and you kind of had like the, the signs were there that you, this was something that you could, that you could like tangibly do. So when you were doing this, like as a side hustle, still working full time, like were you starting to see money come in, I guess, like on so the design the- side of things? Yeah, that's that's it's funny that you bring that up because that was something I was going to touch on too. Is that uh, really the 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 ideal sign, if you will, is if you can make half the money in half the amount of time, then that could realistically transition into the full money for the full amount mm-hmm. of time. You know, it's it's tough to get to that point, and if kind of with anything, if you wait until you feel like you're a hundred percent ready, you're never going to do it. So. I saw the potential there and like, I certainly didn't have my portfolio at a place where I wanted it to be. I didn't have a legitimate website. I didn't have a solid client base uh, that would give me repeat work, but I saw the potential there. I saw that if I was able to build up my portfolio, um, you know, kind of do some side projects, like, and I will, we'll probably talk about in a little bit, like in my day to day work. Um, if I can do some of that, uh, you know, the work will, will start to come. And I, freelancing honestly wasn't something that I had thought that I would do a couple of years ago. I remember telling people that, you know, it's like, it's probably not something I would ever do full time. You know, I like, I don't want to ruin a good thing by keeping it as my hobby. But it got to a point where I was like, I am, I owe it to myself to, to do this full time since it's something that I love. Yeah. And you just, I, I had this listed as a question so, and you just, I, now I got to ask, uh, do you feel like now you're, you're two, whatever, two and a half, three months into kind of doing this full time and it's no longer a hobby. It is like your job now. Yeah. Do you feel like it has been tainted in any way? Do you still love it as much? Does it feel more like work? Like how has that gone for you? Yeah, it's work, but I really enjoy it because, and I think I'm in a unique uh, position to, uh, to, go about this in the, in the sense that I'm completely self-taught. Like I didn't go to design school for this or anything. So <laughs> I'm still bright eyed and bushy tailed in, in a given sense, but a lot of what I'm doing, I'm kind of learning as I go. So it's all, a lot of it is new, you know, like figuring out how to, you know, uh, put a bid out or a pitch for a new project. You know, I have, that's something I hadn't done before on my freelance side because projects have just, I've had, it's pretty much just been uh, like a passive. Yeah, like word of mouth. Uh, yeah. Right. Yeah. But so like that's something new or, you know, learning a new, learning some new skills in Photoshop or Illustrator that I haven't had to use before, but now I have the time to explore that and kind of add that to my arsenal. Yeah. Uh, so I'm, le- I'm learning every day, you know, it doesn't really, it, it certainly feels like work because I'm kind of hustling for myself. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm really enjoying it. Yeah. You're, you're setting me up for so many questions because now I'm, I have infinite, infinitely more questions. Like I've in this process of one teaching myself how to start a podcast and record and edit audio. And that's been a learning process. And, you know, I'm sure as you were building out your portfolio, like figuring out how to put a website together, like things that you, you know, just like kind of have to figure out along the way. So what has been your, I guess, like learning approach to things that you're just like, am I going to, how do you figure out these new things and like what are what is on the horizon for things that you're like oh i know i need i'm like realizing quickly i need to know how to do x y and z thing in illustrator to get like more clients like how have, how have you been teaching yourself so far yeah no, that's a good question it's uh and there's no 
kind of hard and fast rule as I'm sure you found as well. It's just kind of like, I want to be careful that I'm not taking on too many disparate things at once. You know, like I certainly do want to learn animation. Um, but I think there's still a lot that I need to get down from a fundamentals perspective Mm -hmm. of just, you know, more, uh, like in the illustrator realm or design principles or things like that before I, take on some animation stuff, you know, just for example, cause it, it's a very time consuming process, both to learn and to actually execute. Yep. Uh, I feel that it could add a lot of dimension to my work. And since my, my style is kind of in that illustrative uh, uh, style, uh, I think that would lend itself well to animation, but that's not something that I'm going to be pushing right now, yep. you know? So I really want to get more of a solid base in the branding space before I move into something like that. But mm-hmm. honestly, some of the learning stuff is just on an as needed basis. Uh, I try to block off some time to learn some new stuff that I wouldn't necessarily otherwise do. But sometimes yeah. like if a client's like, Hey, I need this. Can you do it? The answer is yes. And yes. Then and then you go and figure it out. It. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's a little bit of all over the place, you know, it's, necessity or interest kind of drive when I learn new things. Just furiously YouTubing things, trying to figure out how to make them happen. That's it. Hey, if they don't know, they, if they don't know, you don't know how to do it, then figure out how to do it. And then they'll never know. Exactly. Um, I, 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 I'm go, go ahead. No, go, go, go. I was going to say, I'm it's, I blessed uh, to have a really good community of designers in the Boston area to that uh, to bounce things off of and ask for advice and people who have been in the industry much longer than I have have a lot yeah. of a lot of knowledge to pass along. Well, I've been impressed you've like and I'm curious how much it's played a part in you getting new work or kind of just like building your community but you've really been able to kind of build up your your Instagram in a sense of like, you know, this really it seems like tight knit community um, in the design world like how has that helped from just like, it seems some of it is just practice of like, you started your Brandimal series, which I friggin' absolutely love. Um, And then like how, some of it seems practice and then some of it seems like you're generally like, you know, networking and building community. Like how has that played a part in in kind of going to the freelance world? Yeah, you know, Instagram and social media in general is a, a, can be a fickle thing. Um, I think, or I know there are a lot of, designers on like Instagram, for example, that are really trying to beat the algorithm and get massive exposure and, you know, increase their numbers in every, every way. Uh, Instagram's just not friendly for artists and designers. Like it's, yeah. it's more for, um, if you're trying to really see strong engagement and growth, it's, you know, it's more tailored to like influencers and people mm-hmm. who can actually, you know, buy ads and things like that. But for, just posting some cool shit on your, on your page and like hoping people like it. Like that's not really conducive to growth and it really shouldn't be, you know, right. it's uh, but it's, it is kind of funny because I see it more as a networking place and I've yeah. met an incredible community, as you said, from all across the world. And whether that be fellow artists like myself or um, I mean, people who work in studios, like I've been talking to people about, you know, doing some remote work or some freelance work for people and, studios all across the country because yep. I've made that connection and talked to them and gotten to know them and just, you know, kind of talk shop on the side and not, not for any business purpose, just be for the love of design. And so, you know, that could, and has reaped benefits on the side, but, uh, and I've gotten, a f- I've gotten a few great clients through Instagram too. It's not, it's not like a, 
a total lost cause for a new yeah. business. Um, so you've gotten direct clients like through Instagram specifically that they've reached out and said, Hey, I want you to do this thing for me. Yeah. Yeah. And you, you kind of see a wide spectrum of, of requests on Instagram. Cause, uh, you know, sometimes you'll get a DM that says how much for a logo. And then some it's like, Hey, I saw your stuff really like it. Like do you want to talk via email and you know, yep. it's, it kind of spans the, the spectrum there of the type of client that reaches out. Um, You're not just a piece of meat. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I, I mean, I hope that some of the people that are reaching out are, are better clients than I was as you did do the, the YoPro logo and all of yeah. that, which was <laughs> amazing. And I still appreciate. And, um, but I, I hope that maybe, you know, it's, I'm one as the top client and then the list goes from there. Oh, I mean, I thought that went without saying, but okay. you can say it. Yeah. Just wanted to, just wanted to confirm. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I guess like in that, in that same ilk, like I was, you know, as I was unemployed and, and searching for kind of opportunities to, to grow and make money. Um, I'm curious, you know, it sounds like there is a pretty wide spectrum of like, Hey buddy, make me a logo or like, Hey, I'd love to talk to you more about like an ongoing project basis. Like it seems like there is a pretty good range of, of what people are asking for. So what have you found as you've, you know, kind of got into this freelance world or like, you know, what's your, your bread and butter so far? And like, what does your client kind of portfolio look like at the moment? Yeah. Um, so it's, it's a little bit of, a little bit of a game, you know, of, of figuring out, um, what I can take on, um, what I want to take on because, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm in a, in a unique, not unique to freelancing, but compared to how I was before, you know, I'm in a position now where I do need money, but, uh, at what, you know, what's going to be worth my time. Um, so there's a lot of, I get, I get approached by a lot of clients that, you know, just don't have the budget that, you know, like according to like my quote minimums, you know, a lot of clients can't meet that, but, um, depending on the circumstances, if it's a, you know, a referral, um, or if it's a really cool subject matter that would make, uh, you know, a good portfolio piece, then I'd probably be willing to do it for a little bit less. Um, but it's kind of a, I have to evaluate it without knowing too much about it. You know, it's like, is, is this something that I can bang out quick and still make it, you know, good and something that I'm proud of? Cause I'm not going to do it if I'm not going to be proud of it at the end of the day. Um, but so there's, there's some of that. And then, you know, I've, I've done some contract work for a studio here in Boston, which has been cool. Gets me out of the, the house a little bit and work mm-hmm. on some, some different projects. I mean, the ideal scenario is a client that uh, would, you know, keep giving me continuous work as it goes on. That's kind of a double-edged sword with, um, with branding though, is because a lot of the times for a logo or an identity, it's kind of a one and done. You know, right. if the client says like, if you do right, your job logo, well, that's it's really like, all know, I need done. from you. Yeah. Um, so that's why, you know, and I think my style is well suited um, for this as well. Like I, I, I will do a lot of iconography, like icon sets and accompanying illustrations along with the brand identity if it's called for um, or if it's something that the client's interested in. So having that skill set also helps. So it's not, I, I can't only do logos. I can help with, um, illustrations for a website or, you know, like business card mock-ups, yep. uh, brochures, stationery, things like that. Um, and another thing too, is what I was talking about with, you know, possibly adding like animation as a skill yeah. down the line, but 
And do you get tired now at this point of like, obviously you're looking for, for paying clients and you want, you know, people who can pay the bills now that you're full time, mm. but of people like friends and friends of friends asking like, Oh, Michael, he's the Photoshop guy. He's the, he's the logo guy. Like, do you, how many people do you have there? Like, can you make me this? Can you make me this? And like, how do you, uh, how do you deal with those? Yeah, it's, uh, it, it happens, you know, every once in a while. Um, it, it's kind of a, I play, I play by year. It's not like a, you know, it costs, I, I only take projects on that are X. It, yeah. It depends on like how well I know the person or, you know, depending on the cause, you know, like I've done some work for a nonprofit and I, I didn't charge for that because, you know, it's a good cause that it was going toward. And it was you a have a heart. Mine, so yeah, I'd like to think so sometimes, but um, yeah, it really depends. You know, sometimes I'll, uh, I think that, you know, kind of doing good work for people that you care about comes back to you and it, it mm-hmm. doesn't always have to have a monetary value. Um, so, and it, it all depends on if I have time to, if I'm slammed with projects, that might not be something I can take on, but I try to, uh, um, you know, put, keep the good vibes going yeah. if I can. And do you have, you know, you've now, it's like, you've built up a pretty impressive portfolio, both from like a, it seems like a client standpoint, but also like, just like a personal, I'm having fun with this standpoint. Do you have, is there something that stands out as like a favorite or a particularly memorable one, like logo package, whatever it might be that, that really, stands above the rest that you're like that's the one i'm if i were to show anybody my work that would be it yeah um yo pro uh of course good answer <laughs> nice. thanks um and then another work i a project i completed kind of recently was uh it's called relevize i don't know if you've seen it it's on my um on my website at panda.design if you'd like to check it out but um so that was for a it was a rebrand for a digital advertising platform mm-hmm and so they had found me on Dribble, actually the 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 kind of designer social site, um, uh, probably around April of last year. So not so yeah, April uh, twenty eighteen, and um, yeah, I worked with them to do their whole rebrand. They approached me as American Digital, that was the name at the time, but they were looking for something that would kind of modernize them more. I think their their full name was American Digital Licensing and Packaging Co., which what didn't really lend itself to the competitive digital advertising. Oh, that space. doesn't fit on a logo. No, it doesn't. No. <laughs> uh, but they're like great guys and they had a great platform really. It was essentially a, um, they have uh, an Instagram search engine that can help influencer campaigns, but they mm-hmm. also, their their kind of bread and butter is their, their algorithm that will take um, like brand assets so like if they were to work for guinness for example they would have a bunch of guinness brand assets and they would pair those with local bars and restaurants that were gotcha. serving guinness and kind of co-branded ad campaigns on social that's cool so anyway it was something that i actually understood you know so yep. like i could i could get on board with what they were trying to do who they were trying to reach and what they needed in a brand you know they needed something that could appeal to both advertisers and agency partners um, and they went through a couple different name changes over the course of a year, a year and a half. Um, we eventually got around to um, Relevize was the name that we moved forward with. And um, yeah, it was just a great project start to finish. We kind of reimagined the brand and came up with some um, accompanying patterns and illustrations and icons and stuff to help them with their pitch decks and their website and their business cards and uh, kind of one sheeters and sales decks and stuff. Um, 
Yeah. And, and uh, that was just one I was really proud of. And it, the logo itself is, is a word mark. It's just, it's the word relevized and some yep. slightly customized geometric sans serif, but it has a little speech bubble in the negative space of the R. It's very unassuming. Like it's not a very in your face logo, but it, yep. it's really expressive and it kind of, it fits exactly what they were trying to be with social. That's cool. And so you, I mean, it seems like you were involved like kind of in that whole process from start to finish, which. Yeah, you know. it was great. Yeah. Um, yeah, as I said, can't say enough good things about the clients themselves. Um, you know, they're actually a couple guys from BC, so they're uh, local. Of course. Yeah. Um, and then on the other side of the, have you had just an absolute horror client that you're like, this is a, a disaster, and we don't have to, we don't have to name names <laughs> here or anything like that. But any, but any that like really stand out of like you didn't get paid, or somebody said they were going to pay you and didn't, or whatever that might be ran you through the ringer and then, you know, pick somebody else? Uh, not yet. I haven't, I haven't had any, any one that bad yet. There's been a few, you know, sometimes like you won't hear from them for months. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, you know, sometimes that does come along with waiting for payment on some things. Yep. And then I've gotten, I mean, I've gotten ghosted a bunch, but that's, that kind of comes with the territory of people reach out and like are really excited and I'll send them like the brief to fill out and then I won't hear from them ever again. Yeah. So. <laughs> but, it's a mixed um, bag. Yeah. Uh, so, so switching gears a little bit here, you know, I, the, the people that I've talked to so far on, on this show have been kind of a range and there's people who have started side hustles while they're working other jobs. There's which you know, you kind of did, there's people who like cold Turkey quit their jobs. There's people who, um, you know, this has been, uh, you know, started their own kind of dream businesses or, you know, have built a team around, um, you know, what they love. And so, I'm curious from your perspective, like, was there a moment for you where you were like, I'm done, I'm out with the corporate world, like I want to try and really go all in on this? Or was it like a slow, gradual burn where eventually you're like, yep, it's time, I got I to gotta give this a shot? Yeah, it was, a, it was more of the latter. It was more of a slow burn, um, kind of earlier in the year and actually to an extent towards the end of last year too, I was thinking it was, it was probably time for me to get out of the mm -hmm. media world. Um, and I had started looking at my options for being like a full-time designer in a studio. Uh, Cause I, I, I felt that would be a great fit for me. Just really learn on the job and, yep. and kind of build that skill set as well. And I had, I had some interviews and talked to a few over the course of this past year um, for various reasons. Didn't work out. Um, you know, some for uh, just like the position didn't come to fruition as, as yeah. soon as they thought, or some, you know, uh, one of them was across the country. And so it didn't work out logistically, but um, so I considered that for a while and then it got to a point where I was like, all right, well, I know I, I, the, my current job is not, not the company. I you know yeah. my company was great, but, uh, just the subject matter no longer interested me. I was like, well, if the studio opportunities haven't manifested themselves, that's not to say they ever will, but I don't have a kid or a mortgage, so I might as well give this freelancing a shot while I can. So it's, it's a good little attitude. Yeah. You know, it's, it was obviously risk a risk you know to go on your own and stuff but when you really think about it like you know i'm 27 years old and i don't have the financial some of the financial burdens that come later in life so i'm like this is time right. to give it a shot this is the time yeah, yeah i felt very similarly where it was not like a it was not like a one moment like i gotta get out of here it was kind of like over time more and more eating away at you and then you're like i'd be stupid not to give this a right. shot now yeah. Yeah, i'm gonna regret it yeah. if i don't and sure enough, 
I'm, I imagine you are probably better at managing your finances than I have yeah. been in my time of unemployment, but um, it was one of those things where I'm like, I got to, if I don't do this now, it's never going to happen. Right. Yeah. And, I, and I'm sure you feel the same way too. It's like, I'm glad it wasn't a, uh, like, I'm glad I didn't get pushed to the point of having to make an impulse decision because then I'd be, you know, wondering like, well, should, did I just completely make the biggest mistake of my life? You know, you have a little right. more time to think about it and you're like, okay, you can rationalize it to yourself a little bit more. Yeah. And yeah. so, you know, now that you've, you've been in this world a little bit, whatever, two, three months now, like, where do you see you know, the next steps of, of where you want to take your design work? It sounds like continue to keep learning. Um, but like, do you want to make peanut free designs like as a, as a company? Do you want to like, you know, how do you, how do you see your, your kind of design career continuing to grow? Yeah. I mean, it's, as I, as you just touched upon, like it's, it's going to be a learning experience, I think, till I, till I die, you know, which is, I think is a great part, yeah. but, um, you know, I don't have any concrete plans to, to turn it into like an actual studio or anything as of yet. Um, yeah. I think that I still have a lot to learn and a lot to do before I get to that point. But that being said, um, so one of my kind of mentors out of, as, is out of Baltimore, his name is John. He runs a, a, a studio called Atomic Vibe. Um, and, but it's not so much of a physical studio location as it is like a, a brand that he yep. runs. So he's a creative director. He had been worked at many agencies over the years and then finally went to, to start his own thing. But what he does is uh, he's the creative director and the actual brand guy, brand identity logo maker, illustrator. Yeah. He pulls in like a copywriter when he's working on a pitch deck for a new project. He pulls in an animator. He pulls in website people, like all of his network of people that he knows and has worked with before, you know, on a freelance basis to help him with a specific project. So he kind of forms ad hoc teams gotcha. to deliver on a certain uh, deliverable for a client, which I think is a great thing. And I, I would love to be at that point at some point. Yep. Uh, to be able to kind of build a network of people that I can pull in on different projects and cool. always keep it interesting and, and kind of form a, a, a unique team for each ask. Interesting. And so yeah. you have a moment right now to talk directly into the mic and ask any brand, any client in the world, like who would be your dream client for you to design something for them? Oof. Well, I've always wanted to make uh, a deck of playing cards. And I know that sounds like a small thing, but it's actually pretty intensive. Like there's a lot that goes into it. But if yep. someone came to me and was like, hey, I want to have, you know, 10 decks of playing cards made around like an animal theme, that would be ideal. All right. So if anybody's listening out there who's looking <laughs> to make some playing cards and wants to pay Michael, we're going to make this happen because... Yep. We're gonna make some we'll make make some playing cards for Christmas. Everybody will be happy. Right. There's not that much time, so <laughs> get your. Oh, you can't spin that around in a month. <laughs> How has that been with like timelines of people, you know, of kind of managing your like you don't have a project manager or anybody kind of like no. looking you over the shoulder. Like how how are you managing like a client that says, "Hey, I need this in two weeks." When you've got four, like, how are you doing that? Um. So most clients that I, I've worked with at least recently have been pretty flexible on timing. Um, you know, this is not to disparage any client in any way of, you know, who might need things quicker, but uh, it's always nice to see clients that have thought about 
the time that it would probably take to yep. put a brand identity in place. Um, because it does take a while, you know, there's a couple, at least a couple, a week or two for kind of research and discovery. And that's after we've already talked about everything about the right. brand and I've gotten to know them. I've gotten to know the brand. Um, and then, you know, presentation of initial concepts, feedback and revisions, you know, and it, it can, it can take, you know, anywhere from a month to three months, depending on or more or less, yeah. but, um, yeah, it's, and I, I try to get a good sense of that when I, before I start, before we sign a contract or anything, yeah. um, just to make sure that we're both really clear on the scope and, and how long certain steps take. Yep. Um, and it, and it, you know, it can come, some of them come with a rush charge if they need something quicker and then, you know, my rate increases or I cut out some pieces of the process yep. to accommodate, you know, like, all right, so you're only, you know, we only have, you know, I need feedback in like two hours on this thing. Right. So it, yeah, it's a, it's a little bit, as I, as, as I was saying before on some of this, it's a little bit of a, uh, test and learn each time. Learning as you go. Yeah. So there's there are no, parts of no you, you know, in, in doing every single job for your, for your business at the moment, are there parts of you that miss the office environment where things are structured and, you have somebody kind of helping you out with certain pieces of things. Do you miss it at all? Uh, I, I miss some of the, I, the structure. Yeah. Because you know, there's not always somewhere, someone to tell you like that's wrong or that's right. You're like, yeah, I don't know. This seems right to me. Right. We'll see if it sticks. Uh, so there's a little more uncertainty as far as that can, is concerned. And also, uh, you know, just setting my own deadlines and timelines. Um, because sometimes it's easier if someone's saying, Hey, this is due by Friday yep. and work towards that. When sometimes I'm like, eh, if it, if it goes out on Monday, like it's not the end of the world, but right. I, I try my best to, to put forth self-imposed deadlines just to have something to work towards. And so there's some sort of structure and it's not just chaos. Yeah. And how have you been? I, I struggled mightily with this of kind of keeping a, a daily routine of sorts of, yeah. There was days I was waking up at 7 a.m. and doing stuff and cranking away and other days where I'd sleep till 11 and it was kind of all over the place. Like, how are you keeping yourself regimented? Yeah, usually it's between 7 and 8, like no later than that, that I'll, I'll wake up in the mornings. Um, usually work out, you know, go for a run, something like that, make, make breakfast, usually watch an episode of The Office and then start my day. Um, I usually try and start with uh, like sketching or just like a fun project just to kind of warm up. Yeah. Um, cause yeah, I'm just, I'm trying not to burn out, you know, it's really, it would be easy to work from seven till midnight every day, but that's part of the reason why I went freelances. So I didn't have to right. wake up at seven, go to my full-time job, come home, eat, shove some dinner in my face and then work for the rest of the night. Yeah. That's, that's not sustainable. So I, I want to be careful of that too. So I'll try to set it. Working hours are loose. Yeah. Uh, but normally I try not to work too late unless it's needed for a project. Right. Um, yeah. I, Cause I want to like, I still see people and go do fun things and have a social life and, you know, relax a little bit. So yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it's nice to be having the flexibility, but it can't be a free for all as I'm right. sure you experienced. It. Yes. It was a, th there is a need for some sort of structure and it's, mm -hmm. It's hard. I think that was one of the things that was like, oh, this is harder than it looks of pinning down how you want to, like there was days where I could get lost for four or five, six hours at a time, like doing something that I'd look back on and be like, that really had, 
that was not productive. It was, I was enjoying myself and it was like yeah. a valuable exercise, but it maybe wasn't the most like productive or like valuable output. Um, so I, I, I do always like to ask that of like, how are people filling their days and, and making sure that you're kind of like, you know, striking, it seems like you're doing a pretty good job striking that balance. Thanks. Yeah, I, I try. It's, it's something that I try to, it's, you know, if I have a project deliverable coming up, um, I'll try to chip away at it a few times each day. Like I'll work on the project for like, you know, two hours in the morning, switch over to some website stuff. Um, I don't know, like or organize some files, do some finances, work on something fun, like try to a little variety each day. So it's not like one day I'm like, focusing on this project and staring at it for seven hours straight because yep. that's not productive either. So I try to mix it up a little bit, have some diversity um, because sometimes I'll think of something that I hadn't before because you get so in right that, in the uh, weeds on one thing. The, yeah, exactly. And if you consistently pulling yourself back out and looking elsewhere, I think is helpful. Cool. All right. So I don't want to keep you too long here. So I'll, I'll wrap fine. up here with just a couple, couple more questions, but sure. if you were to tell somebody that had never seen your work before, which I don't know if anybody who's listening to this podcast will have seen your work before, <laughs> like what your style is and kind of how you came to your style. Like what would you, how would you describe Michael Penda's design world? Yeah. Interesting question. Uh, well, it's my style is very, minimalist um but it's kind of like a i sound pretentious when i say it but it's kind of like a geometric reductionist so oh it's kind of like taking things and distilling them into really simple forms and shapes okay. and yeah and it's kind of hard to describe but like there's a i use a lot of geometry um in what i do not like math per se but you know just the way shapes are constructed because i think there's a lot of uh, there's a lot you can do with expressing commonly seen things in a unique and really simple way. I like that. Geometric reductionist. Yes. That's see, it's it sounds like, pretentious. It's I, I was going to say, it sounds a little erotic, honestly. Well, now that you say that, yeah, I guess my work is erotic. Yeah. We'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll put at it least. at that. <laughs> All right. So that, that's all I've got for you. If people are looking to kind of find your work and check out what you're doing or want to hire you, where's the best place for people to reach out for you um, or kind of see what you're doing? Yeah. So, I mean, if you're, you know, most people are, have social media at their fingertips. So peanut at peanut free Panda on Instagram is kind of my ongoing portfolio. Um, you can check out my website, which is Penda.design, P-E-N-D-A. Um, that has some more case studies and a more comprehensive suite of logos. And if you're active on Dribble, I'm, uh, I'm there too. And Behance and LinkedIn. So I'm kind of uh, all over the place. We'll find you. We'll, we'll get you linked up in the description of the episode. Can't so wait. Michael, thank you so much for coming on the show. This was, this was fantastic. My first, my first designer. Oh, I'm honored. Hopefully there'll uh, be many more. That is a wrap for this episode of Destination Different. Wasn't wasn't Michael awesome? He makes me want to go and just quit my job all over again. He makes it sound like he's doing it 
a million times better than I ever did because well, he's actually he's actually making money. Um, like you mentioned in the outro, if you know if you do want to give Michael a follow and, and support him, or if you are in need of a logo or a brand design, uh, I think the best way probably to reach him is uh, on his Instagram, and that's Peanut Free Panda. Uh, so be sure to give him a follow and keep up with what he's doing in the design world. And before I, before I let you go, given that this is sort of the Thanksgiving episode, I did just want to take a minute to thank each and every one of you for listening to this show. Um, I have been having an absolute blast recording this. Once again, I'm sitting here in my my closet that smells like dirty gym clothes uh, recording this episode, but I've had so much fun creating this podcast and despite the fact that there are not that many people listening to this show just yet, um, the people who are and, and you know those of you who have, have tuned in every week, I really do appreciate it. And at the time of the year when we are being grateful and giving thanks, uh, I want to give thanks to all of you for continuing to listen and support the podcast. Um, and I hope each and every one of you have a happy Thanksgiving and... I'll be even more thankful if you come back again and listen next week. So thank you and stay weird. So